Okay, and and then man, if only we could have like Wikipedia this right I before know. recording. It, it would have been amazing <laughs> if we did any research for this podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 549 with a review of Captain Marvel. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, here we are to talk about yet another Marvel film. Um, in this film, uh, there is a race of being called the Scrolls. Scrolls have the ability to shapeshift, and uh, it's hard for us to know whether both of us here in the room podcasting together are in fact humans Mm -hmm. or potentially scrolls um the only test is to kind of sort of interrogate each other um so just to make sure this episode is off on the right foot steven i'm going to ask you for a weird fact about yourself that is so obscure that no scroll could fabricate it Ooh, interesting (laughs) Mm. fucking scroll (laughs) yeah i know i know scroll so it, it depends, like, would it be a fact that you would know, or it just has to have the ring of truth already? You just have to tell me something that is, like, so unique and obscure that, like, a scroll wouldn't be able to make that up on the fly because they wouldn't even possibly think about it. Right. Uh, I can put my tongue behind my uvula. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a family show, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Let's see. I... I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, okay. the scrolls might be able to do that too. Um, yeah, sure, but they would they wouldn't go around bragging about it. Um, <laughs> guess what? The first, um, it I guess it wasn't online, so it wasn't a massive multiplayer RPG, but it was the first like explorable world game that I spent Club many Penguins. many hours in. <laughs> Elder Scrolls, Morrowind. Oh, nice, <laughs> good. See what uh, I did there? I brought it back to scrolls. I see it. Did. Uh, for my for my thing, I will say that I once ate a uh, sandwich that was <laughs> peanut butter and mustard between two pancakes. <laughs> what? <laughs> and you know on, what? On a dare? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> when you're home alone, you just go for it. And that's the thing. They weren't even fresh pancakes. Uh, well, were, it would be, <laughs> it'd be more pan- disturbing, actually, if you like... <laughs> Spend whipped, all the time. Up, whipped up fresh pancakes, only to put mustard between them. No, it wasn't just that it was mustard. It was mustard on one, peanut butter on the other, mm. and then put your hands together, mustard, peanut butter, pancake sandwich. I, I one time when I was younger made a meal when I was alone that was just cheese in a frying pan. <laughs> And see, the crazy thing is, back then, that would have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, every single day, I'm getting advertised some weird frying pan that you can just pour cheese directly into yeah. um, on on Instagram. I mean... God bless America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, what do you say we get into this review, Stephen, of Captain <laughs> well, Marvel? Why not? Actually... Before we get into the review, I, I never know when to rant about the people I was next to in the movie theater, but I feel like it's maybe better to not clutter the movie with with the rant portion. Yeah. So to the guy that sat next to me yesterday at the movie theater, um, you know the the sort of guy like in church there would be like the amen guy, the guy who like ver- every single like, line would be like yeah. amen, amen. That's true. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I. I I found the Amen guy for Captain Marvel, <laughs> and <laughs> he had to be, like, in his 50s or something. Like, he was clearly an adult man with his adult male friend. But yeah. every, like, few seconds of this movie, he would go, like, something not even particularly interesting would happen. Like, a character would be like, I don't remember that. He'd be like, huh. <laughs> I don't remember that. Like, he he would just, like, parrot little things that happened yeah. in the movie. And then there there are bigger reveals that I won't spoil but um he got a lot of fun hyping like marvel like marvel marvel like it's the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> like he was the one guy that got it <laughs> oh it's, i hated him it's so much. two words marvel <laughs> and the uh, uh the laugh there's a there's a cat in this movie and the laugh he gave every time the cat was on screen made me want to never see another happy movie again. I mean, it was a cute cat. 
I, you you weren't next to this guy. It, it, no. it was not like a Spence situation. It was like he was doing the what you called the the mother voice. What, what did you call it? Where like the mother's like teaching. Oh well, yeah, where they're laugh. like trying to let you know that this is a funny moment. So they're doing a fake laugh so that you yeah. know it's appropriate. Oh, he to was laugh. laughing at things that like nobody thought were funny. Like he just thought he was supposed to think they were funny. Are you anyway. saying he was so annoying? He was like Spence ate Spence. He, exactly. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was like Spence squared. Suspense. Anyway, did not ruin the movie for me, but just want to rant about that guy. Other things ruined the movie for you. <laughs> All right, so we're going to listen to the trailer for Captain Marvel, and we're going to come back and give you guys the long-awaited review. So, scrolls are the bad guys. And you're a Kree, a race of noble warriors. Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. Your life began the day it nearly ended. We found you. With no memory, we made you one of us. So you could live longer Stronger, superior. You were reborn. I keep having these memories. Something in my past is the key to all of this. You know how to fly this thing? We'll see. That's a yes or no question. Yes. like to know what you really are. I think I had a life here. What aren't you telling me? You've come a long way, but you're not as strong as you think. This war is just the beginning. I'm not going to fight your war. I'm going to end it. Aren't you the cutest little thing? Aren't you cute? And what's your name, huh? Gary. What's I'll be back. All right, so that was the tra- trailer for Captain Marvel. Uh, this is a film that takes place backward in time in the Marvel Cinematic U- Universe. Uh, Nick Fury is young. He's a young little pup in the force. And uh, he is basically, it's about this woman who is part of this race of people called the Kree. They're like interstellar galaxy policing people. People are going to get so angry by the time I get done with this uh, description of the film. But essentially, they are uh, trying to fight off this terrorist group named the Scrolls, and they're big and dangerous and scary because they can transform into being whoever they want to. And uh, she finds herself on Earth, where she finds out about uh, something that was going on there and the fact that she might have a history there. And she is trying to uncover the memories that she doesn't... Or, to recover the memories she doesn't have, uncover the truth of her past, and uh, try to stop this bad threat that may or may not be happening around her. And, uh, yeah, along the way, might find out that she's a pretty friggin' powerful person. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Captain Marvel? So, it might surprise you to learn that I mostly liked this movie, actually. Uh, (laughs) Like, So, I have Marvel fatigue. Is it supposed to surprise me or you? Both both of us, I think, because so I was not excited for this movie going in. Uh, the the trailers, there was just something about them, and I get that Marvel trailers are made to just be like widest appeal as possible. I get that Black Panther was an anomaly, and usually the trailer is going to be very generic and not a good way to gauge the movie. But there was something about the trailer that I just it was not rubbing me the right way. Like the action looked hokey, the characters seemed very stilted to me, and I just was not. I was not looking forward to this movie. Um, and given that I do have some Marvel fatigue, uh, I was still very impressed with like how much the movie managed to carry. So this is the 21st movie in the series, I think, um, if I'm counting right. And 
of of the twenty one movies, this is one that has to be an origin story for a character in between like Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. And so it has to at once introduce a character, tie into a world that we've already known many, many, many other heroes for, and tee up the final movie in the series, like yeah. in a two hour runtime, which is crazy. Like that is so much you have to do. And I think like the the creators of this movie did a really pretty admirable job of doing all the fan servicing and still leaving room for the character to grow. So I'll start with the good. Uh, I think Brie Larson is really good in this, which thank God, because I, I love her and I really didn't want her like first foray into like the superhero genre to be a dud. Right. I, yeah. I wanted it to be something good. Um, she's badass when she needs to be badass. She can be quiet and emotional when she needs to be quiet and emotional. And the thing that I was really happy and surprised by is she can also be pretty funny. Like, as a superhero, this character is way less like Captain America than it is like Iron Man, right? This is like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Like, cracking wise, making jokes, drinking with the guys, like I, I would ripping even on say people. Even almost like almost like a grown-up Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Like it's very quippy, very like I'm here having fun. Yeah, or like a 90s action hero, right? Like the person who is doing the crazy thing but is also stopping to make jokes along the way and ribbing with their partner. Yeah. It, it was fun. And I think the there's a buddy cop rapport that she and Samuel L. Jackson have in this movie that every time they are together on screen, it is great. Like, like I think this movie does a really, really, really good job of finding the fun in an origin story that could have been just the pure CG ridiculousness. Yeah. Um, I think de-aged Samuel L. Jackson. First, the de-aging is like cr- crazy good. I don't, I don't understand how they do that because um, <laughs> we know exactly what Samuel L. Jackson would have looked like this, like in this part of the '90s. And yeah. the fact that it doesn't look like Uncanny Valley, it just looks like a normal guy, is terrifying. Uh, yeah, definitely AI is going to rule the world sooner than I, I mean. Thought. It also helps that he is underneath the DA. It's not just another actor mm-hmm. who is having Samuel L. Jackson's face mapped to him. It's him doing the performance, so it's like your brain is filling in some of those gaps, I think. Right. It's it just – to me, what is interesting is the, the de-aging process, you are not expecting to feel any CG in anything, right? So I think your bar is way higher than it would be for a CG character. Yeah. And the fact that this didn't feel at all to me like a fake person, it just felt like, oh, Samuel L. Jackson is – 25 years younger yeah. here like like i thought that was really really impressive um i think ben Mendelssohn is also really good in this movie he gets to <laughs> to play with things that he doesn't he, he gets to kind of like take the the version of himself that is usually in movies and do like interesting riffs on it uh, yeah. in a way that i liked um and i think there is a conceit in this movie that i really enjoyed which is the movie deals a lot with memory and diving back into uh, Captain Marvel or Carol Danver. I think that's her name. Her, yeah, Danvers. Yeah, Danvers. Because her her character, her Cree self is known as Verse mm, for some gotcha. goddamn reason. I mean, I know what the reason is, obviously, but it yeah. just it felt a little Han Solo to me. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, she doesn't remember where she came from. So a few times throughout the movie, we are kind of diving into her memory and her subconscious. And I think that was, like, very, very, very well done. It was a good way of compressing the origin story in a way that, like, we get a lot of information really quickly. And I think it's just a visually cool trick that I haven't seen in the Marvel Universe before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think all of this being squeezed in a tight runtime is pretty impressive. Uh, Bowden and Fleck, who also did Half Nelson and Mississippi Grind, which I liked a lot, and kind of a funny story, which... Canonically, we did not like <laughs> quite as much. Um, I think doing this kind of indie director takes on a massive franchise. I think that is the benefit of it, is they are at least focused on character building and on finding the little moments that can make it stand out. With that said, this is still definitely a Marvel movie, and that means there's a ton of dead weight. Um, they have to do a ton of exposition in a very short amount of time. There's a super non-distinctive TV look that the movie has. Like, I don't think... I don't think it looks any different from 19 out of the other 21 movies. Um, (laughs) The action scenes mostly don't matter. And by virtue of Captain Marvel being a kind of overpowered superhero, it, it doesn't carry the kind of dramatic weight that I feel like it should. And like, if I liked her, Brie Larson, her sense of humor, I don't think I really liked the script very much. It tries to do a bunch of the 90s were so crazy. Here's a technology joke. There's a technology joke. Here's a music cue. There's another music cue thing. And 
it got old kind of fast. Like I, I wasn't really, really vibing on it. And I think it, it brings up a lot of interesting world building things about Krees and scrolls and stuff that it doesn't give enough time to pay off. And it also doesn't give enough time to really pay off the origin of Carol Danvers, which I think like they could have spent just a few more minutes to make that more worthwhile. So not a perfect movie, but for a Marvel movie, I was like more excited than I expected to be. So I am all aboard to see her join uh, the Infinity War crew. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I like the film a lot. Um, I, th- I thought it was very fun. I think um, it was really interesting to bypass the need for technically an origin story by simply having her not remember her origin story. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a fun, clever – it almost feels like a – like. You know, it, when the when the Star Trek films got rebooted, they're like, man, we want to do things that we can't do because there's all this canonical shit. Oh, what if we just split the timeline and do our own thing? And the whole point of the story is that we're in a separate timeline. It's sort of like pulling one of those kind of things where it mm-hmm. takes sort of like a cheat route that actually kind of makes it better in a way. Um, and I, I, I enjoyed that. I thought it was fun. I think personally the biggest flaw of this film um, is that uh, it shouldn't have taken us this long to get this story and – this should have been the second story that we're watching. Mm. I think that where this story goes to has no weight um, given the fact that we didn't have one film to sit with everything and then one film to resolve those. Like, all the other characters got, like, two films, right? One film that introduces the person, sets up a scenario that's going to be bad for them, and they have to deal in the second film with them, like realizing what's going on and sort of coming into who they are based on the events of the previous film. And I think that we don't get that with Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel. Like we get this one story that is sort of like some interesting things are revealed, but like you don't feel the weight of those. You haven't had enough time to really care about. Yeah. It. Like, and this is, I mean, we, we can talk about it a little bit in spoilers, but yeah, like, we should probably do a spoiler. Yeah. Session. If you had one film to deal with everything that we learn about in this film and then like, be surprised when you got to film two, it would be like a really big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that kind of just made me feel bad a little bit. Um, the other kind of secondary problem is something that I've talked about anytime a hero like this appears, and that's that fucking Captain Marvel is so freaking powerful, mm-hmm. it really kind of just breaks everything in a way that like like we haven't seen Avengers Endgame, so I don't know exactly how it will play out in reality, but like we are continually introducing these more and more godlike characters. And, like, Thor kind of worked, but he kind of worked because he always had to go to Thor world Mm -hmm. and do Thor world things, and he was just gone sometimes. And, like, really, the thing that is really powerful, like, he's kind of just really, really strong, but then he has this hammer that has the extra power, right? There is some sort of separation, and, like, in one of the films, he, like, loses the worthiness to be able to wield it. And, like, sometimes the hammer just gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are – like, you can disarm Thor by taking away his Thorness, right? Captain Marvel, like, once she kind of comes into her Marvelness, uh, she's just, like – like, I mean, you've seen it in the trailer. If you've seen the trailer at all, I, I won't even say it in case you were, like, trying to be unsullied and not watching the trailer. But, like, let's just say that, like – Speaking of the unsullied, incels are not going to like this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But no, I I just mean that, like, she's so strong that, like, I don't get it anymore, right? Mm. (laughs) Like, it's – she is Superman, essentially. Um, Just Superwoman. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and I just – I don't know how it's going to fit in everything. And, like, at the end, as much as I enjoy her being all super powerful and having fun with it – I just don't understand, like, what where we go from here. So right? I, I think the main thing is her, much like Superman has his kryptonite, her power is all kind of derived from one source. And I can imagine a world where villains find a way to be immune from that particular type of attack. And then maybe her ultra-powerness kind of goes down a little. The big question, though, is because this is kind of like Wonder Woman. In Wonder Woman we see her come into her own, be all-powerful, and that takes place in, like, the era of World War One. I, I think, is when Wonder Woman happens. And then she's just kind of, like, not stopping anything when World War Two and Vietnam and all this other <laughs> stuff comes into play. And it's kind of like, why didn't the all-powerful hero do anything? Yeah. And I kind of have that feeling here where it's... I know with Endgame, it will probably still be interesting, but why did... 
why did Nick Fury not page Captain Marvel when all the other world-destroying things were yeah. happening, right? Well, the official answer to that is, we don't know that he didn't page her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're going to get like a Back to the Future 2 where we see yeah. her behind the scenes doing everything. Which is the, the dumbest cop-out ever, but that's fine. That That's mm-hmm. unimportant. But yeah, I mean, maybe he, the pager was in his desk. And when all the shit went down, by the time he got back to the office, like, everything was done, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe maybe the cat ate the pager. Yeah. <laughs> who, who knows what happened? Um, but, yeah, I can sort of, like, push that aside. Like, I know that in all these stories, there's going to be a tiny bit of retconning that's going to happen. And mm-hmm. you're just going to have to deal with that. I can sort of, you know, if we're, if we're in the 20s of films in this franchise, like, I'm kind of fine with just kind of poo-pooing things and just going like okay whatever like we'll just call it a day um but i i just i just don't know where we go forward with her being this strong and powerful i'm hoping there is a way to like sort of uh, i mean maybe you know maybe it's the gauntlet that bounces things out in a way and like who knows but Mm -hmm. um but i think in general though i really really did like this film a lot and i think some of the things that bothered you more i was sort of fine with just because of basically Bree's performance. Like, mm-hmm. she's so great in this. And she has, like, this... It's sort of like... It's sort of like I'm too cool for school and I don't care, but I also kind of don't get it. It's like this mix of that, right? Mm-hmm. It's... Um, I, I was I was telling a friend uh, this morning that uh, it feels a little reverse Wonder Woman. Yeah. Where, like, in Wonder Woman, she's this all-powerful being who's a fish out of water exactly, yeah. because she's from, like, this place where everything is all, like, old old style like medieval almost and then she comes to the modern world and she's like oh what is all this thing why do you wear strange clothes and in this one it's the opposite it's also a super powerful godlike person who is just like oh this primitive stuff everywhere yeah how are you people so silly is that a communication device and i just i kind of i really liked the silliness of it um and i didn't mind the 90s references mm. <laughs> um, uh it, it wasn't like a thing that was like yeah 90s stuff so cool I just, I just felt like they were putting too fine a point on it i like like they tried to explain the joke too many times i felt I, in in my head i kind of felt like it was I, I I took it as sarcastic or ironic, where they're like, in case you didn't know where we are, like, yeah, she falls into a blockbuster, and if, it, if that's not enough, she asks where to get some, like, technology stuff, and he goes, oh, maybe the Radio Shack. Mm-hmm. Like, all they needed was, like, a Circuit City, and it would have been, like, perfect, right? Yeah. I just think it, it it's... That's where she got her powers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I just thought it was it was funny enough that it, it it didn't feel like they thought they because when you watch some other films you see like these little like nuggets of things that reference other things and you, you're like okay you think you're super clever and in this it felt like they know they're being ridiculous mm-hmm. and and it just that was something that i kind of just thought was kind of fun and cute mm-hmm. um as you said the de-aging effects on sam jackson are awesome it's also really funny i don't know if you saw it at alamo draft house but before like literally as the film's about to start there's like normal aged sam jackson who's like if you talk in this movie theater brie Larson's is going to kick your ass mm-hmm. and so they're showing old him like 30 seconds before you're going to see young him yeah. so like well, you... and they probably are they still doing the tarantino marathon where they show did you get to see like 90s him right before that too they didn't they, I, I didn't see uh they didn't they didn't play any trailers for mm-hmm. that um but yeah yeah that they they have been showing those like beforehand. I think this one was all special because it was all like the the Brie Larson pop star mm-hmm. videos and stuff like that. But it was just re- really really funny to see like literally you're showing us the oldest version you can find of him now, <laughs> and then immediately after showing this young version of him. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but in general, yeah, I I just had I had a good time with the film. I think it's it's it was entertaining enough and it. It did what it set out to do, and it made us or made me like a character that I knew nothing about. Um, yeah, my main concern is that they didn't give us two films to do this one arc, and that uh, I don't know where we go from her. She literally flew higher, faster, stronger, or whatever the tagline is, and I don't know what else she's gonna do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm curious why they slotted it in this late in the game. Because, like, one argument is maybe if you already know how overpowered she is going to be, maybe she kind of breaks the universe and you don't want that to be known for too long. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, it it feels like, look, you didn't have a female-led superhero movie in your first 20 of them. 
you had this like potentially badass character who you know is going to be in the quote end game of this arc of the journey. Why not give it more time? And I, I don't really have an answer to that. I'm, I'm not sure why they did that. Yeah. Um, it is interesting, and especially because she will play a pivotal role in the next film. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to be there. It's, it feels like if you waited to have a film about her, you'd have more people that already are familiar. Like, I, I, like this film is doing fine, right? right? Like, it made up its entire budget, like, this weekend, and that's just the beginning. Right. <laughs> it, sorry, it made up that budget domestically this yeah. weekend. It well, it well surpassed that already um, overall. But it, I'm wondering if people had seen her in Avengers Endgame, they'd be like, oh, she's fucking rad. And then, mm-hmm. like, would have been more excited, even more excited about um, seeing it. I mean, even Alamo... Opened an extra, like I saw this at 8.45 in the morning <laughs> because uh, they just they were like, well, all, we're sold out. I guess we'll just do another showing super, super early. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, cool. it, it seems strange. So I do feel like, again, because they had to cram so much into a single movie, a few things get a uh, kind of short end of the straw. Like I think Jude Law is fine in this. I, I don't feel like that dynamic is developed very much. I think Annette Benning is very underdeveloped in this movie. Like, she is propped up as a very meaningful person in the life of Captain Marvel slash uh, Carol Danvers. And I feel like we just don't get anything to ground that, quote, relationship. Like, like, like well, there's not anything... She's an Air Force pilot, so why would you want to ground her? Ha, yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 like, there's just something there where they, she contained one of the few, like, big emotional moments in this movie that... They worked because Brie Larson is so good, but they would have worked like 20x better if they had given me even like two minutes of added relationship building earlier in the movie to justify it. Um, and we can get in in spoilers into like a few of those scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that was the main the main issue I had, uh, other than just what you said. Like it, it would make total sense for them to split it up. But I think given what they have to do and how hard it is to be fresh in the Marvel Universe, I feel like this wasn't, quote, fresh i guess like they didn't do something completely new with the genre i feel like they just embraced the kind of the classic way of being a superhero movie and they just made a really really fun one that happens to live in that world and it isn't rocking the boat but it's also i don't know a blast to spend two hours watching yeah a blast from the fist (laughs) it does make me also want to go back and watch the guardians movies again and learn more about the universe that we live in yeah 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 because uh, you just really want to see more Ronin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ronin. <laughs> oh, Ronin. Uh, so other things, too. One one thing I was vaguely afraid of, and don't get me wrong, I'm glad they were finally doing a female-led Marvel movie. It makes total sense for them to make a point of that, too. Like, of course, it's a glaring omission, right? I was afraid, based on the trailer, that they were going to be way too heavy-handed about that in a way that would, like, kill the joy of the movie a little bit. And I don't think they did that at all. I feel like there are definitely some moments of girl power here, but they're, like, very well-earned. And, like, they gave me the same hoorah feeling. Yeah. Um, Like, I think they play that bit really well. I also think this is doing a lot of interesting thematic things with the, like, reversals it has up its sleeve. It... Like, at the start of the movie, it it is, you know, clearly made in partnership with the Air Force. And kind of like Captain America, you think it's going to be a very hoorah, go America, go the military thing. And I won't say they, like, drastically rock the boat, but they do enough to complicate the story in in a way that I like. Like, I, I feel like it's a movie that actually had some interesting messages and twists along the way in terms of, like, who is good and who is bad and who are we supposed to be rooting for. So... I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I'm not expecting a Marvel movie to really rock the boat there, but like it, I, I thought it did better than it needed to to get the point across. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, should we get to verdicts and then into spoilers? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? So, let's see. I, I need to try to figure out the Marvel curve now. Um, <laughs> let's see. I, I like this better than infinity war and civil bro which both of which i gave a wait for rental i like it better than thor ragnarok which i gave a recommend with a caveat i don't like it quite as much as like black panther or 
like the Iron Man trilogy um, or the first Captain America, which I think is like one of the better Marvel movies. So I I think recommend with a caveat, I don't know. I I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I think given what it has to do, it does like surprisingly very, very well at staying light and fun and doing character building while also tying into the broader universe. Like this movie had like 8,000 things to do. And I feel like the fact that it didn't crash and burn is pretty crazy. So caveat being, I don't think this is a perfect movie. And if you have not seen the 20 movies that came before it, you might get a little less joy out of a lot of the references and stuff they're throwing at you. So you got to be in it for the long haul now. But if you are, I think you're going to be totally happy that you watched it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we we are in it for the long haul now. Or technically, it's going to be a short haul now Mm because we're almost to the end of this haul. So do you know... I mean, some of these characters will extend beyond that haul. So, like, what does it mean for this to be the end of that arc? Uh, Oh, I just mean that, like, this haul, where everything is referencing these things, Mm -hmm. will theoretically be complete after Endgame. Mm -hmm. And that characters may live on and go forward, but we shouldn't care about Stone's and anything like that after this next film Mm -hmm. and it should be its own new set of whatever um maybe i'm missing something but i believe that that is the idea Mm -hmm. um so the hall itself is over but we just the hall was to the top of the mountain and now Mm -hmm. we got to ride down the backside Mm -hmm. um the sisyphean task of watching the next 20 marvel oh yeah can't wait but what if they're going to replace tesseracts and stones with (laughs) Stones and Tesseracts. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, as I said, I'm in, I'm in it for the long haul. I think that I am fucking excited as hell for Avengers Endgame. Captain Marvel is going to be a major part of Avengers Endgame. So you must see this film. <laughs> this is not my favorite Marvel film. She, Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel is our are not my favorite uh, <laughs> uh, characters in the MCU. Yeah, they deserve um, to be pluralized. Yeah, but 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 they're but they're great, and this film is fun, and I don't think you will not enjoy it. Um, the characters are fun. The actors <laughs> playing the different roles are pretty awesome, um, and I think that it is something that you should go out and see because I mean, if if you're even remotely thinking of seeing Avengers Endgame. Go fucking see this film because it's going to be important. Um, so there you go. Must see for me. Nice. Cool. Um, we're going to close up the episode and then play some music for you. And when the music fades out, we'll be in spoilers. So for now, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can page me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. Um, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Captain Marvel, so hopefully you're enjoying that playing right now. And uh, while we get a copyright claim against our YouTube page, we're going to let that music fade up (laughs) for roughly enough time for that to happen. And when that music fades out, um, you will be back listening to us, and there will be full-blown spoilers. So if you don't want anything to be uh, taken away from you and your enjoyment in this film, then go see the film and come back and listen to the spoiler segment. All right, so we are back. This is spoiler territory. It is the after part of our review of Captain Marvel. We have now jumped into the creative vessel, have been hanging out with the scrolls that are surprise good, and <laughs> we are here to bring you a spoiler conversation about the film. Um, so before we even get to the scrolls are good part, um, I want to say something about casting in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy the performances of Ben Mendelsohn and Jude Law. The problem is just looking at them in the trailer or hearing the voice of Ben Mendelsohn as his scroll self, I know 
everything I need to know. Like there won't be reveals for me. Like, but but why? Because Ben Ben Mendelsohn is canonically the bad guy always. In I know, everything. No, 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 well, no, no. So 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 them turning out to be good is not what I'm talking about. What okay. I more mean is like there is a, the moment he speaks, I'm like, yeah, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I. I Forgot that he was in this film, but mm-hmm. as soon as I heard his voice, his like lisp, I was like, "Sweet Ben Mendelsohn, Sheriff of Nottingham." So, so I was like, "So awesome!" And then when you see his human form, like I'm like, "I'm like, oh, it's cruel. Yeah. And then like when he says something to the corpse, the guy next to me is like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, but, <laughs> but like, like they, I feel like they know that because that happens like 25 seconds after we see him for the first time. Like they were not waiting to reveal that he was the scroll. But it's supposed to be like a moment where you're like, "Oh shit!" But yeah, I feel like I, I, feel, I feel like, like if you clearly... saw, but if you saw any film last year, Ben Mendelsohn was probably in it. Yeah, <laughs> and if you don't recognize his voice even under the makeup, like that's not like I don't know. I I felt like a little weird, but. All that aside, it is a short distance of time. They don't let you linger with that. I feel like um, if it were any other actor, they would have given you multiple scenes before doing the reveal. And because they know you know it's him, they don't even bother holding that in. Maybe it's just I was annoyed that that audience member did not know it was him. Uh. <laughs> um, but that's beyond the point. Secondly, Jude Law. From the trailers, you know Jude Law is going to be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's not that the trailer reveals it. It's that it's fucking Jude Law. Mm-hmm. Like, he is... like. He's basically Ben Mendelsohn, yeah. right? <laughs> like every time in the trailer, like even he's like, "You're not, you're not as smart as you think." <laughs> like just the way he's double finger pointing at her, mm-hmm. like you're just like, "What an asshole!" This guy's got to be a bad guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like when it's revealed that he's a bad guy, I'm like, "Yeah, it's fucking Jude Law." <laughs> yeah. So see that one, I didn't, I didn't know only because the the Cree, they're kind of painted already as not quite good or bad like yeah. they're kind of very vulcan right they're not supposed to have emotion and we know we know that the idea of like rein in your emotions only use your brain don't use anything else is like that is never the winning side of a movie like yeah. at least not fully but i did not know the degree to which he was going to wind up being bad or they were going to turn the tables i thought he was going to be the fatally flawed character who thinks he's good and at the end, we learned that they are just going their separate ways, you know? Like, I, I didn't and, necessarily know that it was going to be, like, he is actually lying to her. And, and, and I did not know that Kree were going to be bad and Scrolls were going to be good. Mm. But I knew that he was going to have or be betraying her mm. over the course of the film. Even if it turned out that the Kree are super awesome and totally on the right side of the law and they just did one bad – like, if it was a t- typical – thing where like we have to get the terrorists and they blew up a bunch of civilians and the the scrolls turned out to be those like even if it was a thing where like the tw- only part of the twist was that Kree are fine but also scrolls are fine then that i would i would not have seen that coming but i mm-hmm. i knew that jude law was going to betray her um in some way he kissed her on the cheek <laughs> jude law and judas i feel like there's something there yeah yeah, yeah. there yeah. ought to be a law against that anyway a jude law yeah Sex in the City 2 joke. <laughs> anyway, I I thought the the reveal of the... It isn't that the Kree are good either. It's just that the Kree are revealed to be sympathetic. And in this case, the Ben Mendelsohn sect of the Kree are revealed to be trying to survive, not trying to destroy anyone. Um, and, and I feel like that reveal worked really well. It, it did a good kind of emotional... It made you do a double take. And, like, I, I was thinking back over the first 45 minutes to an hour of the movie, thinking, like, yeah, what did Ben Mendelsohn do? I guess nothing that terrible. Like, the, there was some disregard for human life, maybe. Like, I don't know if he would have killed Samuel L. Jackson in his pursuit of Brie Larson or not. I mean, yeah, they they definitely shot down Brie Larson yeah. <laughs> backwards in the timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not <laughs> – like, they're not – Ungood. No, no. Oh no, the scroll. No, no the, the Kree yeah, yeah, the shot Kree, her the down. Kree shot her down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. The scrolls. The only thing they did is they tried to probe her brain. Yeah. For a while, and then they, um, when they were hunting for her, it kind of seemed like they didn't care if they hurt other people. But yeah, yeah. But that was just for you, the audience members, to be watching and be like, "Oh, these scrolls seem pretty bad." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they were so nice to help the little old lady getting off the subway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I I don't know, I, I liked that a lot. I thought that was well done. And that definitely has some kind of vague political resonance. Again, they're not trying to say very much, but it is at least yeah. like 
not everyone you think is bad is bad. <laughs> Let in refugees. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> they the just want to hug each other and feel safe. Um. <laughs> yeah. I, I also thought, so the moment that I was alluding to before that I think still worked really well is the moment when Brie Larson is finally coming into her own with her powers and she has to overpower the supreme leader or being or whatever they call yeah. Annette Benning in this movie. Um, and I, when this, she has, this is the second film in like a month that we've watched where everybody follows the the rule of some like omniscient thing that like lives up in the sky. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and James Woods tweeted about how like he'd be watching Alita instead because of the politics of this movie. So. Apparently, we have to pit Alita Battle Angel against uh, Captain Marvel now. But anyway. I mean, clearly, she would kick the shit out of Alita Battle oh, yeah, Angel. Oh, yeah, for sure. Alita doesn't stand a chance, let alone yeah. Hugo. Your pins are moved. Don't work down here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so in, in that scene, there's a moment where she has a flashback to like all the time she's been knocked down before. Yeah. And then she's getting back up. I get knocked down. <laughs> and um, <laughs> They didn't play that song. Yeah, they should have. I, I guess I don't know what time it came out. <laughs> I don't know either. But but anyway. Th- when I feel they like were... it was earlier than that because I feel like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. E- even though I could definitely tell what they were going for there and like I could kind of see the strings, it, it, it got me. I felt like, hell yeah, this is a good like superhero coming into her own movie. Yeah. And this is like, this is the girl power move that you are allotted right now and you're using it like to a good effect. I really like that. If any one of those scenes that they'd cut back to had been a scene I had ever seen before in a meaningful way, yeah. it would have been way more effective. <laughs> and I feel like that that's the weird thing this movie has to do is, like, they have all these emotional ideas that they're executing on really well yeah. without having any time to have, like, actually built up these stakes for them at all. And I feel like the same is true with her her friendship with uh, Maria, the the pilot that she flew with in the Air Force, which... Apparently, the internet, they're shipping those two people, so apparently there might be a latent romance I mean, there. I, it, it, I, got, I, it, I felt pretty strongly that they had had a past relationship, yeah. and mostly because of the way that Rambo, right? That's her call sign or something like that? I think so, yeah. Um, mostly the way that she responded. Like, when she talked about the knowing her and the memories and, like, the fact that, like, being mostly hurt that she's alive out there. Like, th- th- there was a lot of words yeah, it, that were chosen like, that felt it very, felt not very... quite platonic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. but, but anyway, there there's a lot of time dedicated in this movie to them meeting each other again, and she is kind of her awakening and the one who, like, reminds her of who she used to be and, like, gives her the pep talk and all of that. And if this movie, again, had devoted three minutes or whatever to their past life at all or brought me to some place where they reminisce about their past... In a oh, way where you like, mean like the bar where she sees all the flashes of them doing karaoke, playing Street Fighter, drinking their beers. Right, yeah. So those flashes are doing so much heavy lifting. And if like if the movie had just spread that weight around a little bit, I would yeah. have bought those scenes so don't, much. Don't more. fat shame the visions. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> they're they're perfect just the way they are. Um but yeah, it was just things like that that I think everyone in it does a good job and like they are they are made well enough like they still get the job done. Yeah. But they could have been way more effective if they just like gave me more time to sink into this character before the big reveals. You, you know what would have been really crazy? I mean th- this would never ever happen because it would be like stupid for studios to do this. But what if they made like a female led Top Gun style film? And didn't say it was connected to anything. Just made this film about these yeah, pilots. Yeah, pulled out Cloverfield. And then fucking, yeah, just Cloverfield the shit out of it. Yeah. And suddenly it was like, oh, my God. It, w- it would have been great. Yeah. and Because like, everybody would have been talking about, like, it's cool that these two are teaming up again after they did that other Jet Fighter movie. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. That was fucking Captain Marvel. Yeah. Or they could have they could have tried to do it, I guess – this would be more like a TV show, like they've done Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff like that. Yeah. They could have done, like, in a contemporaneous world to the first Captain America or whatever, like a little while later, this character that we are, like, introduced to grows up and becomes an Air Force pilot. And they could frame it as if, like, she is not the superhero in it, but it is still, like, in the Marvel world or something. Yeah. And then, like, the big reveal is that she becomes Captain Marvel and somehow they, like, hide her name so the nerds don't know that it's yeah, her. Yeah. Um, like, like her character just called Dan. Yeah, and nobody explains why she's got a man's name. Yo, Danny. And then uh, all of a sudden, bam! Dan Burrs, Burrs, back Dan to Dan Burrs, man. 
Now um, we're in the Danoverse. Um, but yeah, Paul Dano's directing. Oh man, that's gonna be great. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I it, like it, I would love to live in a world where they could just cloverfield the shit out of this, and yeah. then that would have been the first film that we wanted so badly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that, that that kind of brings me back to my statement earlier, where I said I wish this was two films, not because I needed it to be that much longer, but. I really wish that we could have had a whole film where the scrolls are the bad guys and Captain Marvel is just taking out the bad guys. And then she has this like moment, this like come to Jesus moment where she realizes that what she was doing was was wrong. Mm -hmm. Like that would be like awesome. Like even in the context of that, like you're watching a film where you can't trust the person sitting standing in front of you is not an alien creature. Mm-hmm. And then just because the alien shows its true form and says, by the way, we're not bad guys, we just wanted this device, you're like, yeah, cool. Like, what if he didn't have the black box recording, mm-hmm. right? What what movie would this be? Yeah. She would just fucking kill them all, right? Like, the, like the only reason he doesn't die is because he has the black box tape, um, which... I don't know how good a recording you get from uh, outside of the cockpit of a crash plane. I don't know. I, th- um, I think in a world where you invent light speed travel, maybe they've invented better microphones. Also, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe the black the black box was in her the whole time. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just feel that, that there's something weird about it, but yeah. So canonically, if you can refresh my memory, so one thing we learn toward the end of this movie is that the thing that powered the Pegasus was a tesseract. Yeah, and well, the core was built using the power of the tesseract. The tesseract stayed on the ship, separate from the core. Right, right, yeah, sure. Where that is not chronologically the first use of the tesseract, right? Was that in the first Captain America? uh, Also, yeah. So uh, Hitler, (laughs) not quite Hitler. um, Agent Smithler is uh, (laughs) is using the tesseract to make him make his Hydra people hydrated. Sure, that checks out. <laughs> um, and then it falls in ice yeah. and is lost forever. Um, and then it's found later, and we have it at Project Pegasus. Okay. And then uh, Ronin's going to come get it, and then somehow it's going to be in Loki's staff, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know where... So this is chronologically the second time we see it, right? So we don't know how it got from Hitler losing it to Annette Benning having Doesn't, it. Doesn't like Father Stark <laughs> like dig it out of the ocean or something oh, like that? Oh, maybe, yeah. And then yeah, I'm pretty sure Okay. I think Okay, and and then Man, if only we could have like Wikipedia this right I before know. recording. It, w- it would have been amazing <laughs> if we did any research for this podcast. Um and anyway, if the so then the cat, the flurkin, um, yeah. goose, which is that a Top Gun reference? I feel like it yeah, has to be. I mean, yeah. yeah. So originally the cat's name was Chewie. And that's mm-hmm. a reference to the best co-pilot in the galaxy, uh, Chewbacca. And yeah. then in this film, they change it to be goose, mm-hmm. which has to, can't not be a Top Gun reference. Right. Yeah. So anyway, the goose eats the Tesseract. And then as we see in the post post credit scene, coughs it up like a hairball on Nick Fury's desk. And then it has to go somewhere, right? It has to be buried again. So Loki... Or no, somehow Loki has to get it. Yeah. And we don't know what's going to happen. Nope. I think it just just stays in the the Pegasus lab Mm -hmm. um, until... I mean, eventually it it is crushed and turned into the stone, which is put in the gauntlet, obviously. Um, Duh. But, but now that the gaunt, gaunt, gauntlet's been snapped, um, they are something? I don't know. Mm. We don't know yet officially in the MCU what happens once the gauntlet snapped, right? No. Like, in theory, the stones could have been jettisoned across the galaxy and people have to go find them again. Mm. Um, but, I mean, hey, if uh, Thanos can find them in 18 minutes at the beginning of the last film, our heroes can find them in 18 minutes, right? Yeah. I have no idea what the story is. Anything Thanos can do, Captain Marvel can do backwards and in heels. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, Can we talk about the cat? Let's talk about the cat. I didn't. I didn't like the cat jokes. I I didn't like all of the the humor about scrolls being afraid of the cat 
and Kreese being afraid of the cat. Well, the, and scroll, then the cat the actually being aren't. a flurkin thing. But the, that's the thing is the scrolls knew what it was. Yeah, the, scr- the scrolls were aware that it was a flurkin. Um, and the jokes that the humans were like, "It's just a cat. Why would you be scared of a cat?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Ooh, a flurkin." And then they should be scared because a bunch of them get eaten, <laughs> or at least tonsil hockeyed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I understand the logic behind it. It just it, it, there, there was a lot of laughing about the cat, and like the cat scratches Nick Fury's eye, and that's what causes him to have the eye patch in the end. And I don't know, the, the cat just didn't work for me. I never believed that Goose would just be like hanging out in that lab and then following them, and they would be cool with it. Like I, I, I thought. Is Goose like a scroll? Like, is that what they're setting up? Why is this creature well, behaving they, this way? They specifically have that scene where, like, could you turn it into a cat? And like, oh, no, I couldn't yeah. turn it into a cat. Like, what about a file cabinet? I didn't get that part. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, is that a reference to T-1000? I don't know. Because doesn't he turns into a file cabinet. In that. No, he turns into the tile floor in the filing room. I, I don't know. know. Anyways, um... <laughs> It seemed weird, yeah. but uh, but no, like I, I was fine with the cat, I, and I don't think that it's weird that the cat would be there because the cat belonged, doing air quotes here, to Marvell um, or Lawson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Lawson. Yeah. Um, so, like Brie Lawson. <laughs> oh my god! Can't be a coincidence. Brie Lawson. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I was I was fine with the cat. Cat's fine. I'm sure the cat's probably going to eat the glove, and that's how Thanos is going to be disarmed. Yeah. Calling it here. I think. Flurgand. <laughs> Lawson is actually the love child of Brie Larson and Jude Law. <laughs> Jude Lawson. Yeah, Jude Lawson. Cool. Good, good <laughs> spoiler talk. <laughs> uh, should we go? Yeah, we, we should. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week with a review of Triple Frontier. And possibly something else. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Hey now, kids, come gather around. See what just skipped in the town. So skip it, skip it. Do run, do jump, do hop, hop. Skip it, skip it. Scooping and a screaming and a bop, to bop. But the very best thing of all, there's a counter on this ball. So try to beat your very best score. See if you can jump a whole lot more. Skip it, skip it. Come on, everybody, skip it! Roaring good fun from Tiger Toys!